All right, welcome in everybody to another episode of the Bills Beat Podcast here. However, you're joining us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and or SoundCloud. Thank you for joining us. My name is Joe Biscaglia. With me, as always, Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. The Bills are now eight days into training camp. They just concluded their eighth practice. We are literally sitting here in the hallowed halls of uh, the Bills media room or the uh, the press box I should say and uh, yeah we're we're the last people in the stadium I'm I'm fairly confident in in that fact you never know who Ooh. could be hiding out there but it doesn't appear there are any forms of human life no. left at per- new era field perhaps in the corridors but yeah it's it's a it's a ghost town here Nor- normally like after games Matthew and I We'll kick into one of the coaches' booths just so that way we don't uh, get yelled at by d- John Warrow. Yeah, mostly. B- basically, uh, Warrow. Warrow goes on the war path if if there's a little too much noise in the uh, in the media or the press box area. So we usually we usually just go over to the side and then there's a uh, there's a glass wall in between us and we can always see his freakouts from afar. It's great. Um, anyway, the. Uh, the Bills are now eight days in, and I feel like this is a good time to kind of go through the thing that is really worrying a lot of fans out there, and that would point blank be the offense and the state of the offense, because this is just something that's completely in flux from last year. They changed offensive coordinators. They're going to have a new starting quarterback Really, the only thing that has any semblance of normality from from last year, and I don't even count Kelvin Benjamin in this because he barely even played for them um, last year. I think LaShawn McCoy is the only thing that is really bringing you back from last year. The, the rest of it is just, outside of Charles Clay, is just totally up in the air. And So I guess we start at the quarterback position and, and go right down the list here about you know, is it really time to think to yourselves, all right, well, is it just the offense is normally behind the defense at training camp, or is it because, hey, this offense doesn't have a lot of talent? Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit of both, and I think really the only thing you can hang your hat on if you're looking for optimism in regards to the offense is the fact that they do have a new offensive coordinator and that Brian Dable is, you know, being a little bit more creative than Rick Dennison was a year ago. But the talent right now is probably your number one concern. I mean, tonight we saw Kalen Clay, Cam Phillips go down with injuries. Two wide receivers. They were already down Andre Holmes and Zay Jones. And Quan Bray. And Quan Bray. So that's five wide receivers that are injured. And... Oh, by the way, none of those five wide receivers are exactly proven Mm-mm. in the NFL. So to be down five wide receivers when you know all those guys are competing for jobs is a tricky situation to be in, especially when I thought Cam Phillips was performing pretty well in camp. He's and been the best of the rookie wide receivers so far. Counting the two who got drafted, yeah, uh, exactly. Ray Ray McLeod and, and Austin Prohl. So... I actually thought Cam Phillips had an outside shot to make this team. Still might. Yeah. uh, It's a groin injury. Off day is probably coming at a good time for him. But he's been really good. And 
but it's all relative, right? Because right. it's easy to look really good in this group of wide receivers where <laughs> it's Kelvin Benjamin and a bunch of guys. And I think that's probably where the concern starts. But the offensive line has been getting beat up pretty bad on the days where you know they, they get after it. I think they're actually running the ball pretty well. Um, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I always it really is. I always don't really count it too much in training camp. Total grain of salt. They, they, because they can't, they can't, can't really yeah. tackle. Uh, you're not really going to the ground. But they've been able to run the ball okay. They're opening up holes for guys. The bigger concern is pass protection. And then you have quarterbacks who aren't necessarily getting rid of the ball very quickly. And you have wide receivers who aren't getting open very quickly all compounding into a pretty big issue yeah. because I mean it's not a secret that this offense isn't in great shape but you start to look around and wonder where the points are going to come from there's so much to chew on with what you talked about because there are so many issues right I mean uh, from the line to the quarterback to the wide receiver I guess where I want to start is the position that you know everybody is waiting on pins and needles to see who they're going to start. I, I guess not really. I think Bills fans want to know more than anybody. I guess from a national perspective, people are like, oh, is it going to be Josh Allen? If not, okay, we'll see you when it is. Um, the quarterback position is an interesting one here. And, you know, Josh Allen really hasn't gotten many first-team reps, so it seems as though the Bills still aren't warming up at least right now, to the idea of of him being a legitimate contender for the for the first uh, first game of the season, and then you've got AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman, and Peterman has really been hit or miss this camp. I, I think you know there the first three days he really struggled. His fourth day he was solid, but then it's just been just a complete roller coaster with him. AJ McCarron. While he's been consistently getting a bit better, the the whole thing about him is he has a very noticeable weakness, and that is that he holds on the ball for far too long. And we've seen it. We've seen it every single day. I mean, I didn't count the first day because everybody was just kind of get their, getting their feet wet, but he has gotten sacked at least once in every single training camp practice from day two on. So seven straight days. He has been sacked, by my count, 17 times over those seven days. And it's not as though he's, like, attempting 25, 30 passes of practice. It's like 10. <laughs> yeah, and he's also not the type of quarterback who can get away with that. Right. Uh, to, when Tyrod Taylor was holding onto the ball too long, you at least thought he might be able to make a play. He might be able to do something with this if Josh Allen is holding on to the ball too long you still think okay maybe he can uncork a deep pass and make a huge play AJ McCarron can't do that Mm -mm. and he has to be a rhythm and a timing passer if he's going to be successful he doesn't have the arm really to be much more than that he doesn't have the mobility to buy himself time in the pocket or avoid sacks and you know so to sit back there and hold on to the ball the way he has especially in training camp is a little bit odd I think it's one of those things where you want 
your guy getting getting better timing down with his receivers and getting rid of the football and no the offensive line has not been good but it's not all on them and I think it might we'll see how it looks you know in a preseason game when there's actually a defense that wants to take him down and doesn't just tag him down maybe that that will help him you know maybe these sacks look worse than they are because the threshold for a sack is lower but they might look worse when he can actually get tackled because that's when it'll really show just how bad the issue is I know and I just I thought the same about whether or not it's it's going to get better once there's guys actually trying to take his head off (laughs) but I just don't know that it will I mean if there's any incentive to just try stuff it's not the preseason games it's it's practice I mean what is there to lose in practice? I mean, he's holding on to the ball with without a threat of getting hit, yes, but, I mean, still, the coaches know when it's a sack. They know when, hey, you, you would be done at this point in time. So that should be all the incentive to, to just try stuff. I mean, if you're not trying different things and trying to force the ball down the field, then you're not really trying. Now are you? And... If, with him, the the overall hesitation to just unload the football is is just one of the more frustrating things to watch. And I think he has gotten better in the sense of uh, not always settling for the short stuff. I think he's been dispersing the ball a little bit farther down the field as practices have gone on here. But I mean, I'll tell you what, the book is here on McCarron, and we didn't really have too much of a sample size for him uh, from his days in Cincinnati, but I mean... But this is kind of who he was in Cincinnati, right? Yeah, exactly. He had a ton of sacks there. I mean... I'll bring up the stats. He doesn't, you know, his college tape didn't necessarily suggest that this was a thing, but he played at Alabama behind a great offensive line and a great running game, so he didn't ever really get exposed to that type of environment where he was under pressure a lot. And I think in an, in the confines of an NFL offense, I mean, he was sacked quite a bit in Cincinnati, even though he was only out there briefly Mm -hmm. and it could get worse. I mean, not an ideal fit for a team that has almost a completely new offensive line. And I think that's going to make it hard for this offense to stay on schedule if you're getting negative plays in the passing game because the quarterback's not getting rid of the football. And I think I mentioned it before, but it was kind of an underrated part of Tyrod Taylor's game is that he is able to avoid sacks. There were times where he created bad plays by holding onto the ball and scrambling too much, but he wiggled out of sacks that a lot of guys, you know, can't uh, get out of. So that could be a problem for AJ McCarron and it's one that you know we might get a taste of next week when they play Carolina in the preseason I know uh I mean I I really want to see how he kind of stands up to that I want to see how Peterman does quite honestly I mean and and I know everyone's gonna want to see Josh Allen and and obviously that's gonna be a huge draw no doubt but when you have I mean Peterman is such a compelling case because the the Bills have stood by him staunchly. And even when... Even tonight, you know, pumping the brakes on the idea that, you know, A.J. McCarron got two straight days of first-team reps, 
Sean McDermott going out of his way to explain, you know, that that was not an indictment on Nate. It was right. evening things out in the red zone work. And the explanation makes sense. I think that is the explanation. But Sean McDermott doesn't always feel compelled to give those explanations. No. But when it comes to Nathan Peterman, these guys are very quick to defend him. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder why. I mean, I get that he's a, you know, a great kid and fits the the character that they want and you know, he was sort of handpicked by this regime, not necessarily Brandon Bean, but by Sean McDermott. But I mean, come on. Uh, you know, it it goes into the, you know, the conversation of, you know, are guys held to different standards if they're your guy versus, you know, a previous regime's guy? Right. You know, it's okay to put Shaq Lawson on notice, you know, at every turn. Right. But, you know, Nathan Peterman throws five interceptions and a half, and you want to explain half of them away and give him a chance to win the starting job. I think, you know, we've talked about it before. Dragging this thing on too long, I think can be a little bit of a problem. I know they did it a few years ago and it's not the worst thing in the world, but dragging it on for competition's sake is, I don't know that it's the best move for this team. So, and it's really just a matter of is Josh Allen ready or is he not? Mm -hmm. And if he's not, what's plan B? Right. It seems like, you know, AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman are, are fighting to be that guy but ultimately, if Josh Allen's ready, and whenever that is that he's ready, he should be going in there. So uh, I don't know, you know, if they're keeping this wide open, you know, for the sake of standing by their word of everything's a competition. I, I just don't know why they feel the need to defend Nathan Peterman so I don't, often. I don't think they're in that problem area just yet. No, it's still too early. I think after this this second preseason game is when I'd start to get a little weary of it. And the, you have to have a guy in place after the third preseason game. You have to say, all right, competition over. This is our guy. I'm trying to think the, back. When did they name Tyrod? It was after the third preseason game, but before the fourth. Okay. Because all three of the quarterbacks got a game, if you remember. Yes. I believe is how and not went. to say that Rex Ryan is the bastion of, of how, to, how to pronounce whisperer, a quarterback. Yeah. Noted quarterback <laughs> whisperer Rex Ryan. But that can happen, and that was a three-way. I mean, three-way competitions, when you have to have a three-way competition, then you're probably not in the best shape. But, I mean, just, just look at the stats today. I, I had Peterman three of five. McCarron was four of nine and Allen was five of eight. Like, what are you doing if if they're getting below ten <laughs> attempts? Yeah, that only there was a practice a few days ago where they all got around twenty yeah. pass attempts. There was a ton of ton of reps, ton of eleven on eleven, and a lot of passing. That is not normal. But though. that's not normal. And you look around the league, you know, at different training camp reports, and there are, you know quarterbacks getting tons of reps you know tons of of throws and it's a passing league and you need to you know have and look no matter what they do they're not going to have a very good passing offense this year but at some point you do need to figure it out and and start to get some guys as well prepared as you can for week one mm -hmm. and that includes you know other positions make you know figuring out who your guys are and going with them and getting them the reps to get them ready. And 
maybe that, you know, that's why you need to see some of Josh Allen with the first team to see what that looks like and how he handles himself and things like that. But you also need to figure out, you know, we talked about it, probably eliminate one of these guys at some point in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, that time is coming soon. Sean McDermott keeps saying he's focused on this practice and then the next practice and then the next practice and so on and so forth. But eventually you have to, you have to figure this out. And uh, it, it all comes down to how you're going to script these preseason games, who gets what reps and how they're going to separate themselves. But we're getting to about that time because everything with the offense starts there. Right. And if this offense is going to have any chance to succeed, you need to figure that out first. Yeah, because you're not going to have the same offense uh, of uh, that you would have for Josh Allen as as you would ha- have for AJ McCarron. It's it's completely different, completely different skill sets. But you, the thing of it is, you have to acknowledge that Josh Allen, almost every time he takes the field, does something that makes you go, ooh. And we, we heard it here. I mean, there were a couple of throws to Ray Ray McLeod. One of them that was over the middle of the field, where it's just like, drop the notebook. Man, how did he how did he fit that in there? And you could hear it. I mean, this crowd was a lot bigger than your normal uh, training camp practice crowd. And the crowd even went, oh, like, oh, man, we haven't seen that in however many years two decades yeah. <laughs> I mean this is this is a guy with immense talent and for them to restrict him if he is showing signs of being ready I mean that's why I found it interesting uh, when McDermott spoke to what he's seen from Allen with the first unit and it, it talked about the presence and even something as simple as you know, regurgitating the play in the huddle. I mean, having that sort of uh, ability or, or that sort of uh, comfort, uh, comfort within doing something along those lines, it all it all plays into it. But eventually, you have to keep, take the training wheels off at some point this summer. If you don't, I think you're doing yourself a little bit of a disservice just because, you know, you, you could be setting yourself up for yeah, I guess erasing a lot of the bad points you have on your offense with a player that is so much more talented than Peterman or McCarron if they refuse to do that then it either indicates a that they just don't feel he's ready or b that uh, that they are just kind of stubborn about it and I don't know that either of those are a good thing. No, and I I think you you hit on something there where if you don't get to see him at some point in the next few weeks, you know, get more extended time with the first team offense, you're not going to see it until the week of practice before his first start. Right. Or him getting thrown into the mix in the middle of a game at some point during the season. Or until next spring, if you know you really sit this kid down and don't let him touch the field at all this season. So that's where you know you talk about development and him needing all this time and all these certain things. 
but if he doesn't get the proper reps with the right group, you know, at what point does he need that to take the next step in his development? And I think you have to see him probably in that live action of the first preseason game before you're comfortable saying, yeah, he's definitely in the mix for this job. But if you look, if you stripped away the jersey numbers, you would say this is a two-way quarterback competition between AJ McCarron and Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, because or no, between AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman. Oh well, I, because if you just looked I thought at you were it, going by talent. If I you just say. looked at it by the the reps. Mm-hmm. Oh right. You would say it's right. a two-way competition between McCarron and Peterman. Yeah. Because Allen is spending so much time with the third team offense. And that's not even how it went the last time they had a three-way quarterback competition. If anything, it felt like Tyrod was, you know, trying to win the race from behind and he did. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't know that that guy was picked number 7 overall, and you know, didn't necessarily look at how he was playing, you would say, well, this is the guy that's been with the third team offense. And so that's how they view him. But, you know, so at some point you have to give him a chance to win the job. And if you don't think he's ready to do that, then, you know, hurry up and name a starting quarterback. Because if it's not Josh Allen, I don't think it really matters. I just get the sense that, I mean, I think I can comfortably say that Every single training camp practice we've been to, Josh Allen has done something extraordinary. And not not like over the top, like 70 yards down the field, but just like, you know, back shoulder throws or just rockets over the middle of the field. Or today he, he had a pass in, in the uh, – when they were going live uh, just on the goal line where he rolled to the right and um, – caught the defense rolling with him and then had the arm strength to fit it in between defenders um, uh, to Kari Lee in the back of the end zone. I mean, th- these are all examples of, of things that he brings that these other two guys just don't. Even the run he had, even though he probably would have been yeah. tackled yeah, after de- about 10 he yards. would have been tackled. But every time you see him hit the open field, even though it's not, you know, obviously they're not hitting him, Every time you see him break into the open field, you think, oh, yeah, the other guys can't do that either. And that's an element of the game that Josh Allen would, you know, unlock in your offense that the other two guys would not. And that's why it leads me to believe that right here at New Era Field, which I believe we are still here at New Era Field, even though they turned all the lights out on us. Um, not in the press box, just all the lights on the field that were there are now gone. Just which leads me to believe we weren't the only people here, maybe. unless those are on a timer. That could be the case. But we're here now, and they're not. So, boo-hoo to them. Um, it leads me to believe that right here at New Era Field next Thursday, he's going to do something special against third-teamers because that's who he's going to be going up against. Maybe they give him a series with the first-team offense. That Maybe. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. That would be, that'd be a little bit of a surprise, I think. But, but possible. But I still think because we have seen something special out of every single practice um, this summer from him, I think we're going to see something special on on that Thursday against the Panthers. And I think that could be a catalyst for them to go, all right, well, we've seen it in practice. He read it, and and he's going through his his, his reads. He's, he's not getting fooled by defenses. He's not staring down his targets. Let's open it up a little bit. Let's, let's give him – 
put a little bit more on his plate. They probably didn't want to um, overload him ahead of that game. And I think even Brandon Bean said on NFL Network today that uh, that they weren't going to change their plan until after the uh, the Panthers game, if, if they were to change their plan at quarterback. So I, I, I don't know. I just, I just have this feeling he's going to do something – He'll have a drive or a throw. It'll be a throw. Uh, it could be a drive. I mean, he can string together some throws. Yeah. And we've seen some of the bigger throws that he's made during these practices. They're not just a 10-yard throw that you know makes you say, wow. Sometimes it's a 40, 50-yard throw in the air or a 25-yard mm-hmm. dart over the middle of the field. Those change drives. We haven't seen a lot of those over the last few years. They haven't made a ton of big plays in the passing game, but those are the throws that flip the field. Even a 30, 40 yard throw completion, all of a sudden you're you're in scoring position. I mean, that's what the best offenses in the NFL do. Are you going to get those throws consistently out of AJ McCarron or Nathan Peterman? Nah. Probably not. So not unless it's the first read and it's open. And even, I mean, look at Nathan Peterman did well against third stringers, you know, last year. And so uh, even with the backups, uh, you know, he did well. So I have very little reason to think that Josh Allen is going to, you know, struggle mightily. He, he'll make mistakes, no doubt. But he's going to have those moments that are going to make you curious about what he can do even with the second team offense or the, you know, at some point you have to give them more valuable reps than you would be giving. Cause this is, these are the reps you would be giving to a yeah. quarterback you picked in the fifth or sixth round. I, I mean, know. these are the reps that Cardell Jones was getting uh, a couple Except of years ago. for the ago. first team, the, the lone Except first team. Except for, reps. yeah, the sprinkling in some first team action, but that's been limited to this point. So yeah. in terms of the preseason, you're talking about, you know, reps that Cardell Jones was getting. So, mm-hmm. You know, if if he shows enough, he needs something a little bit more valuable. You got to take the training wheels off at some point. It it all lends itself to the, this overlying problem, the state of the offense, where everything is just kind of in flux. And I wanted to go to some of the other positions. You brought up receiver a little bit, which was uh was which is where I want to go next. But before we do. Let's just sneak in the what we're working on uh, segment of the show, just because I think yeah, we're, we're mid-training camp. We've both been pumping out some content. And, uh, and what, what's, uh, what's down the pipeline for you at, at The Athletic? Yeah, so at The Athletic, well, there's a couple interesting things. I, I would definitely give uh, a shout-out to Tim Graham. He's got a couple things coming, including one that, may be posted by the time people are listening to this podcast. He did a Q&A with Kelvin Benjamin in which Kelvin Benjamin said some interesting things um, about his old team um, and, you know, his new role in this offense and, you know, his career to this point. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin's a pretty honest, pretty open guy, and I thought he was um, definitely, you know, pretty forthcoming in this interview. Uh, I've got a few different longer things I'm working on. Um, little something on you know the offense and the new wrinkles that are in it. Um, you can see some film breakdowns from Eric Turner on that topic as well. Basically, we've got a lot going on over that at the Athletic, and as you guys know, you can get 40% off a year subscription by going to the Athletic 
facebook.com slash Bill's Beat. Special discount for Bill's Beat listeners. You get access to everything we do, not just in Buffalo, but nationwide. New cities coming all the time and um, new writers jumping on board all the time. So good time to get in on the ground floor and, and get yourself a nice discount. And uh, so, yeah, theathletic.com slash Bill's Beat is yeah. where you get that. And uh, over at WKBW.com, I've been charging on with uh, my observations every single day, which you get seven of them. And even though I I've, I've probably have a lot more than that, but, you know, just you got to give a number. You got you to have a good old number. And there's been a lot of different tracks. You know, I've been – this year I've really been um, trying to take a – fine tooth comb to the roster and, and where everybody's kind of lining up. So I'm, I'm doing a, I'm pumping out a daily depth chart as well. And, and then, Hey, the first preseason game is popping up and, uh, uh, the game in Buffalo at least will be right on channel seven and we'll have uh, pregame and postgame coverage. So be sure to tune in for all that if you're in the Buffalo area. So a lot of fun stuff uh, on the horizon for sure. And, and, and I'll, I'll have some, uh, some uh, more featurey type of stories down the pipeline once we get uh, once we get uh, out of camp. I, it's it's a, a really fast sprint in training camp where you're learning yeah, a lot about the team. Day. It's just so much information every single day. So yeah, the, the, there's plenty on the way. All right, let's get back to the state of the offense because quite frankly, it's a bit of a bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you brought up the wide receivers and Cam Phillips, which is has been a pleasant surprise at camp so far. I think a couple of the guys that I wanted, a few guys I wanted to get into here are not the, the top tier ones because we know Kelvin Benjamin's going to be the, the top guy. Jeremy Curley very well might be the number two wide receiver. It seems like he's the safest bet outside of Kelvin Benjamin to be on this roster. But there is kind of like a middle tier here, and it, and it seems like it's almost gotten flipped on its head to what we saw at the beginning of camp and, and to what it is now. And that middle tier includes guys like Robert Foster, who was a darling of the spring workouts, uh, Malachi Dupree, uh, Andre Holmes, Rod Streeter, uh, Brandon Riley, all of these guys are right muddled there, and th- that's kind of right near the cut line as well about uh, who is actually going to make this team. And what we saw early on in camp was Foster and Dupre, more more so than the other guys, get reps with the first team, whereas Rod Streeter, Brandon Riley was mostly working with the twos, maybe sometimes even the threes. That's been flipped. Dupree is now behind Brandon Riley over the last three practices, and Rod Streeter with Andre Holmes out uh, with a quad injury at the moment. Rod Streeter has been working in with the first-team offense. So, uh, the, And Foster looks lost. I mean, you talk about a, a, a somewhat of a disappointment coming into training camp. People had high hopes for him. And I can't tell you how many people on Twitter say, hey, how's Robert Foster look? Or anytime you tweet him, hey, he's going to be great. Lock him in. He's he's on the 53-man roster, no doubt about it. There's doubt. There's doubt about that because he has – it looks like he's having some confidence issues. He's double-clutching catches. He, he The one time he actually made a catch in team drills today, 
He was holding the ball loosey-goosey, and Raphael Bush just comes over. It wasn't even like a huge hit or anything like that. He just tried to rip the ball away with one arm, and he did it. So Raphael he, Bush, by the way. Yeah. He's, he's been good. Yeah, he's been uh, solid. He laid out Ray Ray McLeod today as well. Uh, probably the biggest hit we've seen in camp. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, McCarron. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> McCarron set him and Kalen Clay up, I oh. believe, because Kalen Clay also got rocked and by Ramon to, Humber and had to leave. Yeah. Both be, both had balls thrown behind them by AJ McCarron. But yeah, Robert Foster, and I said this, I think, in the spring. You just don't know about these guys until the pads come on. And the way he catches the ball, which is not – he doesn't pluck it out of the air right. with his hands. It always seems to be letting it into his body. And the he's not super physical. And guys like that, when the pads come on and when you're playing against another team, which will happen in a week, those aren't the guys that stand out. Guys like Cam Phillips, who runs really good routes and can make plays in traffic – Guys like Brandon Riley, you know, who has shown that he can make plays in traffic when it matters. And they're flipping Riley both from the outside into slot receiver. He's showing versatility as well, but go on. Which they've done with Malachi Dupree as well, but I wonder when you stack up, I feel like they will end up stacking up Riley with Dupree Mm -hmm. because, you know, both second-year guys that spent a year on the practice squad, different skill sets, but not, like, drastically different, and... Those are two guys where it feels like Riley is just more consistent mm-hmm. when you know you're talking about making plays in traffic and dealing with the physicality as opposed to Malachi Dupree, who's had his moments, but I'm interested to see how he does in game action yeah, me too because he's he's not big he's not um you know he's a little bit skinny he's tall and fast but he's a little bit skinny he he's very much like zay jones in that respect yeah and you know on the same token robert foster has that similar build where he's a little bit skinny but so all those guys i mean right now five of them are hurt i think we counted (laughs) uh including zay jones who hasn't stepped on the field and there's really not a lot of answers you don't need five great receivers, but you could use a third. And right now, I don't know that there is one mm-hmm. after Kelvin Benjamin and Jeremy Curley. And so, you know, you wonder who's going to step up, who will be there if, you know, guys get hurt, if guys continue to, you know, if Zay Jones, you know, can't get on the field or can't be a factor uh, early in the season, who who steps up and who's getting those targets? We've seen over the last couple of years, they've gone through some, some pretty bad wide receivers, and you know it doesn't seem like the issue is fixed unless one of these guys you know starts to really progress and jump off the page in the preseason. But I think that's probably the number one thing to watch when these preseason games start because I don't know who it's going to be at this point because right now it's Kelvin Benjamin, Jeremy Curley, and a bunch of guys. I've got a little uh, SAT-esque type of uh, problem for you. Jeremy Curley is to the 2018 Buffalo Bills as blank was to the 2017 Buffalo Bills. He's no longer here. I'm having a hard time remembering who even was here on the 2017 Bills. <laughs> I'll give you I'm a hint. i just focused on this practice. Oh, thanks, Sean. Uh, I'll give you a hint. He just signed on with the team today. 
Oh, Deontay. Oh, no. Deontay Thompson had already signed. No. It doesn't have to be a wide receiver. Just like someone uh, who fills a role for one year. Not Mike Tolbert. He no. didn't sign with a team. Leonard Johnson. Okay. Jeremy Curley is the Leonard Johnson of the 2018 Buffalo Bills. Serves yeah. a role because there, quite frankly, isn't anybody else. And Leonard Johnson was fine. Yeah. He was decent. And I would describe Jeremy Curley to, the same yeah, way. They wanted to upgrade. Jeremy Curley is... He's had some moments. He's proven to be a solid C-plus receiver in the NFL. And right now, he's one of the only people here that can say that. So uh, <laughs> I think, you know, at this point, he's a lock to make the, the roster. The state of the offense. <laughs> I mean, so even Andre Holmes, you're like, yeah, that guy, he's probably going to make the team if he can stay healthy. He, he's a lock. Because he's make can special make some teams. plays and he can play special teams so uh, it's not a good situation no it's not pretty they and not great not, bob not to mention not to mention kelvin benjamin is in the final year of his contract yes and hasn't really proven you know without a shadow shout of a doubt that he deserves a long-term extension that's going to be a main focus heading into the the off season and they're going to have to almost completely rebuild that position group, it looks like. One last note on the wide receivers, just talking about the, the drafted rookies. I don't know about you. I've gone through my notes. I don't know that I have Austin Prohl marked down for a single reception in team drills the entire training camp. I think you. I think he had one. What, day one? A couple of days ago he, for the first time. Did he really? I think he did because I remember saying... We both have our notebooks out. I remember saying, I don't remember seeing that happen very often. (laughs) What day? Six? Had to be with the threes. He has not been good, which is... Well, he hasn't been involved. Right. He's barely been on the field. They've, They've tried him outside... He hasn't been able to do anything there. They've tried him in the slot. He hasn't been doing, able to do anything there. And if you just watch him, he really struggles. And and the book is out on him. You get physical with him at the line of scrimmage, and it takes him a lot to you know recalibrate and get himself going again. And by that time, it's the play is basically done. I, it's it's just it's been a struggle for him uh, as as camp has kind of gone on here and it, and the the size difference is proving to be you know something that has been very difficult for him to overcome and and as you're looking at that um, Ray Ray McLeod has really struggled too I mean he's had tons of drops he's fumbled the ball he's muffed punts on on punt return opportunities I mean they, both guys are really struggling right now. I like Ray Ray McLeod a fair amount. Because I like I the think concept of him. He gets open, and you can move him around the offense. I swear Austin Prohl got targeted the other day, but I can't even find it. I so have him targeted. Didn't. I don't have him making a catch, however. Yeah, case in point, that's a guy that's probably not making the team. If I can't find him in my notes at all. Yeah, like, okay, I have on, what is it, day two – the last rep of Josh Allen out too far ahead of 87. That is the only time I have 87 written into my team drill notes. That's yeah, it. He's not. That's it. He's not had an easy go 
in his first training. Camp. And I'm not trying to pick on the guy, but it's just when you're when the wide receivers are being viewed the way that they are, and that there's such a huge opportunity. Oh, found one. He was. Let's see. It was day. Look at us looking at our notes like this. Day four. Josh Allen hit him on an out route, and then he was stripped of the football. That'll happen. You hate to see it, but it so, happens. So, my mistake. He has made a reception, but he fumbled that reception. Not great. Not great for him. And that's a guy that was drafted. Yeah. That's a draft pick. I mean, it was one of the last picks, but still a draft pick. And, I don't know. He doesn't look as good as the two guys that didn't get drafted. Even Robert Foster, who hasn't been very good, at least he's getting open and getting targets. Yeah, and he's getting way more reps than Austin Prohl is. So I think that's usually the biggest hint is the fact that Austin Prohl isn't even getting a lot of reps, even when the third team offense is out there. And I don't know. You drafted him. Yeah, (laughs) it's it. That's why the draft is so weird. Like, why didn't Cam Phillips get drafted and Austin Prohl did? Yeah, I Cam don't know. Phillips is much better, was much more productive. So, I don't know. But, yeah, but I'll, you know, Austin. Cam Phillips' dad didn't coach with right. Sean McDermott, and I guess that plays into it. But Glad you said it. He, um, you know, I guess you got to have friends in high places to get that, you know, those late-round picks. But – it just it's kind of weird that he has not gotten hardly any Mm-mm. looks Mm-mm. when he actually had an okay spring. He made plays in the spring, but he hasn't made plays at all during training camp. Yeah. And he might not even see the field in the preseason game the way, you know, he might be a fourth preseason game. He might guy. he might have to see the field if, if all these guys are still injured. That though. is that, true. That's that's the only part about it. All right. Um, we've exhausted the wide receivers for the time being. Um, very quickly, I have to say this because I have been very impressed by this player. Keep an eye out for Jason Kroom. Yeah, I he mean, showed up in the, my notes like all week, basically. The guy keeps making plays. He's a former college-wide receiver. Um, the Bills tried to convert him to tight end last year. Uh, I believe they cut him at one point uh, off the practice squad and then brought him back later on. Um he has completely opened my eyes a little bit in 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 training camp so far, and I, I guess you can you can take it with a grain of salt. But I mean, the guy is consistently getting open. He's making really really impressive catches, making contested catches, and I think there is an opportunity for someone like him at that position to make a mark. I think Logan Thomas is probably on the team, but I also think the Bills probably want to keep four tight ends because of how many they're going to end up using this year. And I think Kroom has really separated himself from both Kari Lee and Keith Tobridge as that fourth guy. And I wonder if maybe he's he's almost working himself into their hearts a little bit over on the offensive side of the ball. He might be the second best receiving tight end on the roster. I know. Logan Thomas, he and had a huge that opportunity. Nick O'Leary. Yeah. Um, because I don't know that Nick O'Leary is anything special as a receiver. And Jason Kroom has a connection with Nathan Peterman dating back to their college days. He's showing a decent chemistry with A.J. McCarron. 
Brandon Bean made a point to go up to Kroom after practice the other day and compliment him on a catch he made during you know red zone drills. He's making catches that are of a very high degree of difficulty, which leads you to, leads you to believe that these quarterbacks will start to trust him more and more as the games are happening, and, mm-hmm. and that's where you have a chance to make a team is when you make big plays in preseason games. So I think that's a guy that very much has a chance to not just make the team but play a role of some sort. And they use a lot of tight ends in this offense. Tight ends are a part of the running game. They're a part, you know, two tight end sets are a part of the passing game. You know, Brian Dable really likes to move those guys around the formation. And Kroom has the athleticism to do it where, you know, Logan Thomas and Nick O'Leary don't move quite as quick as Kroom, I don't Mm -hmm. think. And I, I think that could factor into him getting a little bit more playing time. I do want to see two things. I want to see him and how he's progressed as a blocker because that is a humongous facet to the Bills, as we've seen, because the fact that they actually went and acquired Kari Lee last year and and then proceeded to keep him on the roster the remainder of the season. And also, if this translates into an actual game against other teams. Um, you know, I, I have been fooled in the past by receivers and tight ends that, that uh, have shown up in training camp that just do nothing in the preseason, and, and then they're – gone and forgotten for forever but I, I really like what I've seen from Kroom today I thought he had his best day of training camp tonight on Friday and I think that's really saying something because he's been strong all camp long and he's definitely moved up the depth chart I don't even know if we should get it in the offensive line or if, or if we should just leave that for another day because that's that's a that's a long conversation in itself. And it's one that I don't feel 100% certain in my stance on until I see them in the preseason. Yeah. Because that's when you get a feel for the running game. That's when you get a true feel for pass protection, I think. Um, And, you know, how the whole unit's coming together. I think that's a good one to, to table for later on. And same really goes for a lot of what's happening on defense. Uh, yeah. I think you can only look so good. Uh, you know, we mentioned Raphael Bush has made some plays. I think Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds have yeah. both consistently done I was going to bring up Edmonds, but, too. But, you know, and, you know, the guys in the secondary are really good. So yeah. not really breaking news there. But as far as guys that play in the trenches – I do feel like you need an opponent to really gauge what what they're doing, and it needs to be a live, full contact to the ground situation, and we're gonna get that in less than a week. Five days, technically. Here oh no, no, the cap. So, the cap. The new. The new. The Ralph. The it's era. The Ralph. Yeah. It's the Ralph. Yeah, it still is. You're right. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll table that uh, the offensive line discussion for another day. Because they're they're still trying to figure stuff out there. That's that's for sure. Maybe not with the first team, but definitely with the second team offensive line. They're trying to figure out who can play. All right. The one last thing I wanted to get into. I promised it on Wednesday. We got to get into what happened on the softball diamond. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I've already gotten out in front of this with my PR man. I thought. <laughs> So here's a backstory. Um, I, I've been on a, a, a softball team uh, with some friends for almost 
almost like eight, nine, maybe ten years. And uh, Matthew has jumped on board to the uh, to the train. We've we've won many championships. Humble brag. Uh, first bragging about having friends and now championships. I know friends and championships. A, a true story of overcoming adversity. No. Um, yeah, and, and Matthew jumped on board this year as a as a full time member after being a a, 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 a sub, uh, yeah, a ringer uh, in years past, and he's been having a great year. You know, he's he's been great in the field. Um, you know, he's been hitting the crap out of the ball. And uh, and you know, I remember one game. I think he had a home run and a triple back to back. That was it was really good. Um, I gotta ask, what uh, what what happened on, on Wednesday? We won, by the way. We're, we won. We got uh, first I think place. We locked down the first seed. Yeah, we did. We did. We beat the uh, the team. Both teams had one loss going in, and uh, and we beat them six to three. But what uh, had uh, trying I to try, out. trying to I struck out? <laughs> All right, I took a a giant hack at a terrible pitch. I had two swing and miss, swings and misses on that uh, at bat. I couldn't. I couldn't really figure out the pitcher. He was. Uh, <laughs> he was throwing some junk. I, I don't think I got on base all day. Really? I don't know what happened. I mean, we, we've all. I mean, been driving back and forth every day from camp. I don't know. Huh? I mean, it's been a. It's been a long day, and I struck out. We. We've all been there at one point. Actually, I don't know. I, See, I, he think, threw I think we've this all been pitch there. and said, you know, it was really low. And as it came out of his hands, he kind of said something thinking it was really low. But going into the at-bat, I really wanted to go down the third baseline because they weren't you right. know, hugging it. And yeah. so I was like, well, a low inside pitch, this is my chance. And r- before the pitch, I thought to myself, stop swinging so hard. <laughs> and I swung as hard as I could and didn't make any contact whatsoever. It was... It was not great. Well, I mean, it is it but, is something every you know once athlete has to go through in their softball career. I felt like Aaron Boone striking out during Ooh. the uh, swinging and missing during the home run derby. Man, man. Well, this guy it, was throwing junk though. Ed, listen, in in his defense, he has been great all year and has been a great addition to the team. But had to razz him for that. Playoffs start next week. They do, and hopefully, I don't. Strike out again? No, I think I think I think you'll be just fine. That, that was a tough way to end the day because my last swing was the swing and miss to strike out, and Ooh. now it's like it's in my head. Like, can I even hit the ball anymore? Do I even know how to <laughs> swing a bat? You did bring in the last out though, to which I almost ran you yeah. over for. Which I I would have been ridiculous. I didn't know I need to call it when it came right to me. It right wasn't to right to you. Uh, I I play center field. Uh, Matt was in right and. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I ran toward it. I wasn't. We have like a short fielder um, uh, by the name of Shannon, and I wasn't sure if she was going to go for it. And then she looked like she was kind of out of it, out of the picture. I wasn't sure where young Fairburn here was, and yeah, it. Uh, he called me off at about uh, right the eleventh hour. Right. I, I waited. <laughs> Once I realized that you were charging full steam ahead, I thought, I guess I need to call this. It seemed like it was coming right to me, but so it goes. I, I had to call it. I, I'm not usually an outfielder, so yeah. not, you know, 
It's not really my game, but... Well, here we are. You know, I'll do anything to help the team win. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, oh, also, I, I I took a softball into the, the, the mid... Kidney, yeah. the, the mid-back yesterday. Yeah, that, that was great. Or Wednesday, I should say. All right. Enough of our softball exploits. Uh, we'll be sure to update you to see how... Um, us pirates actually do in the playoffs all right well uh, i think that's where we're gonna call this thing because the bills are off on saturday um it is now eleven thirty-seven p.m on friday we have been at the stadium probably about an hour and a half past the last media member that left uh, so i think I, th- I think i think it's about time to call it uh, the bills get back back on the practice field on Sunday afternoon back at St. John Fisher College, to which we will see if Nathan Peterman will get the second straight day of first-team reps or if they go the back Peterman. to Aaron. Yes, the Peterman. And- we now have a schedule, too, so we can tell people that on August 7th we're going to record another podcast. We have a rough schedule. Yes. People are always asking, when yeah. are you going to have another podcast? We're not going to give you the full schedule. We're only going to no. give you one day at yeah, a time. Yeah, one, one episode ahead. August, so August 7th, I think, is our next yes. tentatively agreed upon date, which it falls again right before an off day. Yes. And right. then Are the you Bills, getting a trend? Are you noticing a trend here, folks? And then the Bills play a preseason game, which means, you know. Party. We'll probably podcast then, too. Yeah, podcast like it's hot. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. For Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic, my name is Joe Biscalia. Three more practices to go for the Buffalo Bills before they get to their first preseason game of 2018. Can't believe we're here. All right, that's going to do it for us. We will talk to you next time. See ya.